welcome back to the Stevie Fro podcast. I'm really excited about today's guests who are coming off of remarkable seasons in which their teams won state championships, both in football and in basketball. From Beachwood High School, where he's thrown for 6,214 passing yards and rushed for 2,385 yards and accounted for 99 touchdowns. He is the Kentucky AP Co-Mr. Football, the Kentucky Football Coaches Association Mr. Football, two-time Regional Player of the Year and District Player of the Year, and a two-time state champion, Cameron Hergett. And from Highlands High School, where he scored 1,791 points, grabbed 674 boards, dished out 405 assists, had 259 steals, and threw 118 shots into the bleachers. He is fresh off of the state tournament where he was not only the MVP, but also the regional tournament MVP. He is the Max Preps Kentucky Basketball Player of the Year. Will soon be named the ninth region player of the year, in my opinion. And hopefully the Kentucky Gatorade Player of the Year as well. Uh, state champion, Sam Vinson. Man, thank you for coming on. Thanks for Thanks having for us. us. Co-hosting with me today is the great Joe Daneman, considering all of the work that he's done to highlight these two young men. Figured, and since he's a friend of the show, that uh, his humor and wisdom was needed. I kind of feel like we need to rename the Stevie Pro podcast the Sam and Cam Fan Club. Yes. <laughs> because how much we talked about you guys <laughs> yes. this season and promoted you guys. Congratulations to both Thank of you, you on your state Thank championships. You. Uh, and welcome to the show. It's a lot of fun. Steve's a great time. And this thing can go just about any direction, but I think he'll probably keep it on the tracks considering. I will keep it on the tracks. Yeah. Yes, it could go. They've been hanging out here for a little bit, so we, <laughs> we have not gone completely off of the rails. Cameron, are you familiar with the man crush that Joe has on you? Is, are you? Uh, I mean, not really. You're not? <laughs> I don't know. I'll tell you what. During the football show, it was like, Cam, Cam. You know, like the emoji <laughs> with the eyes, the heart eyes? The heart eyes, that's, which is my favorite emoji. That's actually. it right yeah. there. So like, if it's he true. says Cameron on with saying that name on anything, it's always got to have the parentheses <laughs> with, the, with the eyes. You know, Sam, you seems like uh, every time that I see uh, something on social media, like the last couple weeks, you know, it's like every day you've got a new event you got to do, or uh, like, I don't know, I'm going to say parade, but, you know, a gathering or oh, yeah. something like that. How has that all been for you in these last couple of weeks coming off of that? Yeah, the uh, the last three days we've been going to the elementary schools, you know, Woodfield first, we went to Moyer, Johnson today, just walking around the school, seeing the little kids, watching them go crazy. I mean, it's like, it's a cool sight for us to see, but yeah. I bet it makes their day, makes them happy. And it's just, it's awesome, honestly. Do the kids, do the little kids like try to climb on you? No, but they all like yell my name, yeah. and try to give me high fives and stuff yeah. like that, and get in trouble sometimes because COVID can't like give them. A That's high true. Five. I didn't think give about that. Elbow bump or something. It's weird, but it is what it is. Yeah, it's tough to it's tough <clears throat> to be a role model at certain times too, especially you know. Well, I'll, I'll put it this way: like with this time right now, you're in through there, and kind of the kid and you just wants to interact and, yeah. and have a good Say time hi with to it them and like yeah. talk to them. You know, do you guys do? You got all the kids in your building, Cam. So is it? Like after state tournament or state uh, championships and stuff like that, is that kind of something that they do over there? Uh, I mean, yeah, we had a, a little parade where all the kids line up and we walk through the whole school and stuff, so mm -hmm. it's cool. But, I mean, all the kids are awesome there. Every time they see me, they just, like, come up to me and yeah. say stuff, so it's really cool. Because I remember when I was that little, I was just like that. So it's it's awesome. But so now that basketball is over for you as well, are you kind of back into that 
grind? Have you taken any time off or are you back into the grind of trying to get better? As soon as the season ended, I just started working out. I work out with the football team just because um, it's there and it's yeah. there for me to do. So just waiting to see what happens with that. And then, you know, just working out with Tony uh, probably twice a week, trying to get my Tony arm Pike. back. Yep, yeah. Tony Pike. Yep. So we've been grinding. So. You said get your arm back is um, just because I took off basketball. Yeah, basketball season. I I still threw, but just not as much yeah. as I need to. But how hard is that when you're a football guy, but you're also a basketball guy as well? How hard is that to spend three, four months, sometimes five months in a gym, kind of away from your normal routine? Is that something? Because look, I, I get the fact that at the end of the day, you're just exhausted, especially game day, mm -hmm. where you know you're just. It's mm -hmm. 10 o'clock or 9 o'clock. You just ate. You just took a shower. And the last thing you're thinking of is wanting to go work out or run yeah. or lift weights, something like that. Yeah, but, I mean, I enjoy the the kind of break from football. And I get to go play basketball, which I love to do. So it's kind of nice to have that. But um, I feel like I really – like quarterbacks especially need to keep up on their football IQ and, you know, throwing and stuff so you don't lose it. But, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed the break. Um, I still worked out every day during the season, but – it was a nice break for sure. So, do you do film study during the off season? Um, not as much. Is that as dumb I, to say? No, it's not. I mean, honestly, my senior year, I, I didn't watch much film because I already knew I've been yeah. doing it for the past two years. So, it was kind of like I didn't really need to, but I still would check out stuff like that. But really, if it's not football season, I don't really watch film or anything like that. I just try to focus on getting stronger and. Yeah more playing stuff so sam what's the off-season regimen like for you on a weekly basis um right now i just got back into it i took like i said i went down to florida for a week and then i took last week off just rest and get my body back but uh right now do you know who jordan neville's is? i do yeah so i'm Very working well. out i'm working out with him we're gonna start four times a week first time was last night he's getting me back <laughs> how'd that feel oh i'm sore it was all upper body <laughs> i'm lucky it wasn't legs yet but i'm sore today so right now i mean we can't. I can't usually get in Highlands because they got the cafeteria set up in the gym, so it's hard to do that. But I'll go middle school. Went to middle school last night, so I go there around four thirty-six. That's my plan, and then I go out to Neville's around eight, Monday through Friday, and then Saturday, Sunday, I'll just shoot no Neville's or anything like that. So four times with Neville's and just getting in the gym whenever I can. That's the difference between your two sports in that you specialize in mostly. Whereas, like in basketball. You, know, you can find yourself a gym if you can get into yeah, a gym, especially yeah. with the way it is now. Yeah. It's been a weird year. I, I understand that. But you can go into a gym and you can put yourself through a pretty good workout with you don't even need cones or, you know, yeah, you know we have kids that have come yeah. in. They use chairs. They use the garbage cans. They do whatever. And they'll put themselves through an hour, hour and a half workout. And by the time they leave, they're gross they're sweaty mm -hmm. and they've gotten real work in, yeah. especially with the ball handling. Coach was talking about your ball handling the other day. Yeah. I mean, that's just something you could do. I mean, in your house, on the yeah, driveway, you whatever in the garage, else. wherever, honestly. Yeah. Joe, Joe's boys, they love them some basketball, and he bought them a basketball rim. and For Christmas? You know. No, Santa Claus. I'm sorry. Santa, Santa Claus <laughs> bought them a rim. But before we came here, they were in the garage doing their basketball dribbling yeah. before they came here to shoot. I don't know why. I said, you could certainly just go to the gym and dribble. Like, no, we got to do it in the garage. I'm like, okay. So yeah, they and do. they have like a dedicated time per day that they've got to be doing something other than iPads and phones. Mm -hmm. See, they're at the age now where they got the phone and the iPad. Yep. Remember those days? Oh, yeah. Have your brothers gotten over the fact that you're a superior athlete <laughs> yet? 
They try Cameron. to they try to quiet it whenever it comes up. Yeah. But Austin, he's always gonna be like, "You're never gonna be as big as me. You're never gonna be better than me." <laughs> okay. But Brandon just eats it. He just he knows. He's so mellow. He, he kind of hypes me up now. It's kind of like that's good. Finally, like you really understand. enjoyed <laughs> that like two three week period during football yeah. season where I was just on Twitter just yeah. talking trash, <laughs> just and tagging all of them, yeah. including your uncle Greg, uh, yeah. and then obviously Mitchell and Brandon Berger. I loved. Mm-hmm. Brandon Berger, for the record, I will say this: Brandon Berger is still avoiding me. After seven months, he will not. He won't find me in the Kroger anymore now because I've Mitchell's better yeah. than he is. <laughs> um, Want to get into a couple things, you know, as as, as we go down, um, Cameron? You mentioned I, I, I want to talk about just some things real quick. You know, I want to talk about failure first of all. You know, oh, yeah. Obviously. Junior year wasn't nearly as good as senior year. You know, junior year you got to the cusp of what you wanted to do. Sophomore mm-hmm. year you had an injury as well. Yeah. You know, you know, failures of everyday part of life. You know, younger people will listen to this. You know, you guys are at the top of what you guys do, um, and it doesn't matter whether it's sports. It doesn't matter if it's um, in school or a friendship or relationship. You know, it is something. Failure motivates us. Whatever it is, we want to be better at something just because of that. Sam, when you think of the failures that you've experienced in your life, whether it, uh, it could be anything, right? You know, what is it that, about failure that motivates you? I mean, it's just, you never, you never want to go through that again. You don't want to feel the feeling of that. So, I mean, you think about it, you just want to get over that hump that you're mm-hmm. trying to get over. You don't want to come back down that slope. You want to get over it and go over top of it. So, I mean, that just, that for me, that motivates me. Yeah. Has failure ever kept you from doing something you wanted to do? Um, no, I don't think it's, so. It's something that like it, it, it worried you. Like eh, I'm probably not real good about that. Just say like, oh, man, I'd like to play baseball, but I'm not real good at baseball. So uh, you know, there's something in general like that. I didn't know. I mean, everybody's got their own thing. Yeah. You know, you're strong at something. You want to be strong at it. Oh, uh, for me, I don't. I don't think so. Honestly, I just. What I put my mind to, I'm going to go mm-hmm. try and do. So failure doesn't really set my mind at first. Now, that's good. Cameron, when, you know, talking about failure as a quarterback and as a leader. Happens right? a lot. Yeah, it does. You know, and <clears throat> I was just going to say, you know, the quarterback is the one position that touches the ball in offense every time except for fourth down, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, uh, when you're going to punt. You know, in the games, your team lost this year. So you were, what, 11-2, and 12-2, and two, whatever it was. Yeah. You know, you both as an individual and your team as a whole bounce back that next week with just excellent games after those games that you failed. You know, how does failing to achieve something impact the work that you put in going forward? Well, I mean, ever since I was little, it's like I've just learned that you can't have success unless you fail. And I mean, as as hard as or as much as you try to be successful, you're always going to fail. So. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I, I've always loved being the underdog, and I feel like when I fail, I feel like that helps feel like me get better because it just motivates me to work harder and prove to people that I'm better than what they think or better than what I've should. It just helps me uh, get in that mindset of I love being a, the underdog. Like that's just the best way to put it. Let me ask you something. You said something. Does the the social media aspect, like this, say the Twitter or whatever, does that I don't know how I want to word that. Obviously, you go out and you have a bad game. Let's just say Sam, just for example. 
you know, Sam's going to NKU to play basketball. You know, he's the great Sam Vincent, right? Well, you know, Sam rolled into here and he only scored four points and had a rebound and missed every shot that he had. And, and then people say something on social media. How does that, does that motivate you? Just like, okay, that's fine. I'll see you next time. Or yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't care what anybody says on social media mm -hmm. for me. I'm sure Herc can say the same thing. Like, I don't, I don't really see that stuff that much on social media though. But when I do, it's just like, all right, whatever. Like I'm me, I'm going to do me basically. Yeah. You guys live in such a different world than we do. I don't know if you've ever had to deal with any of that stuff. And you know, we, we had talked before we went on about a, a writer who had, yeah. had, had said some things and, uh -huh. that I didn't appreciate. And that I sent a direct message to like, yeah. listen, bro, <clears throat> maybe we should have a conversation about this because this is a 17 year old kid. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what, I don't know what our deal is here, but well, yeah, I love when people, I love seeing that stuff just yeah. cause like, I mean, I don't care either, but it's just like, I, I like to look at that and say, okay, you're not going to say that after this next game yeah. or, you know, I'm going to show you that you can't say that. Yeah. And that's the great part, I think, of being an athlete. And even doing what I do for a living is is every day that failure is a part of what I do. And and criticism from people I don't know is a big part of what I do. Like, if I just search my name on Twitter, I'm going to find a bunch of people who say things about me, about mm -hmm. my work and what I do for a living, why I did this, why I didn't do that. And I think it's important for guys your age, especially guys who are going to play college athletics, to learn to grow thick skin. Thick skin's important as, as you get older, especially as you get older and you play a very public sport like you're going to do or you have a public job like I have. Uh, that's important because if it bothers you, it's going to affect your work and it's going to affect your game. Yeah. And, and I, think, I think failure is important because it helps teach you thick skin. It helps teach you the understanding of when you do succeed, you enjoy it more. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think, you know, people that live in this city and have seen you know, the Cincinnati Reds, the Cincinnati Bengals, whoever they follow, they've, they've failed so much. I, I do think it almost then, when they do succeed, it, it means even more to those people. Uh, just the, the, That's the example I can think of when I come to that. But I do think it's important for, for young people your age to have that attitude that that stuff's not going to bother me because it's going to be there. And it's not people you know, and it's people who just want a reaction. It's people who want to get under your skin. You don't let it happen. You know, 10 years ago, I might respond to those people and say, well, this is what I was doing that. No, I just ignore it. Mm -hmm. I really ignore it. Or I just, <laughs> I just expose them and make fun of them and just have fun with it because that's the only thing you can do with it to kind of diffuse the situation, so to speak, instead of just throwing more yeah. gasoline onto that fire. But I think developing that kind of thick skin at a young age, especially in an age where you guys are going off to play a sport's going to even have more eyeballs on it at the next level. I think that's very important. I think it's a great attitude to have. Mm -hmm. Sam, last week when Coach Listerman was on, I asked him something that I wanted to put to you as well. I asked him if you get enough credit for being a great teammate and not just a great basketball player. You know, what is it about being a great teammate that's so important to you? Uh, I mean, it's just being there for the other guys. So I'm a, so we're seniors this year, and I got to lead them. I'm a three-year starter, so I know about it. I've experienced. So when they're down, I can tell when they're down and, like, they miss a couple of shots, they'll put their head down, and I'm there for them, get them back up, get them going, because we need everyone on the team there. Yeah. Even the bench, I'll get the bench, like, get into the game, get us energy, especially this year with no fans, all that. So, I mean, just being there for the guys, get them going. They see me succeed, and they want to follow in my footsteps. Yeah, and – Honestly, this is the first proper conversation that you and I have ever had. Yeah. So the 
I've only really seen you play from when I've coached against you twice and the games I get to see you play um, when I've watched online basically this year. And it was just an observation that I came up with just watching like this is this kid is a better teammate than he is anything else. And I think we get we're into a point with people worry so much with how they look when they're out there or um, how they're playing and, and, and what people might think that they stop worrying about all that and or they, they don't worry enough about what their own teammates are doing and in, in the success of the team. You know, we got too much of that individual yeah. success is paramount, right? And and one of the things that has always been a theme here and has been a theme for this, especially with the podcast guests that we've had on, you know, it's okay when we tell parents, it's okay to root for somebody else's son. Just because someone else's son is succeeding doesn't mean yours is failing. You know, um, where we go one, we go all is something that we talk about. And just watching you play and like, man, he needs to, he needs to shoot more. Like, you know, he, he just drive to the rim, bro, and just finish it. But, you know, and Joe had said something when he was on a couple weeks ago that, you know, you guys went to this ride or die, hey, these guys are going to post up, especially when you got guys out there you could trust in the way that mm-hmm. as hot as your team was. Yeah. And, you know, Sam's going to drive. He's going to get you the ball. It's like, you ever watch The Last Dance? The yeah. Doc- okay. The documentary you know, it's like year. that MJ yeah. moment with Steve Kerr, where Steve Kerr's like, I- I'm going to be ready, Mike. I'm going to be ready, right? Yeah. It's, it's, yep. it's like I envisioned that's kind of like the state tournament, like, I'll, I'll be ready, Sam, you know, kind of deal. But um, it is a, it, it, you can see it from the way just that you play and how you interact with your teammates and uh, coach Listerman, uh, coach Mike Listerman told a story, you know, last year, and I actually saw a picture of this on Facebook where you were named, I think the district player of the year or the district MVP of the district tournament. Mm-hmm. And you had a teammate who was hurt and yeah. you took him out with Jacob you. Brass, yeah. Okay. You took him out with you because it was more important for you to do it together because he could not be out part yeah. of doing something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, obviously people saw that, I'm just a stranger yeah. to you. I don't know, but I see these things and pick up for it, pick up on it, and I think going forward, it's something that is only going to make your career that much more, you know, blossom. To be honest with you, it'll be a little bit better, um, you know, because being a great teammate ends up being a great friend, and those are those are the friendships you have forever. Yeah, is that stuff you ever think about? Yeah, I mean, for me. I, I completely trust everyone on my team. They're all my brothers. I mean, we hang out with each other. Throughout the season, we didn't really do much, like, outside besides with each other, definitely because of COVID. So we were with each other every day. And, I mean, I trust them 100%. And like you said, me driving and kicking out like that, I have Luke. I've been playing with Luke since a little kid and him. So good. We've been playing. Yeah. And so Luke's always calling for the ball. And I love it. Like, even if he's even if he's not open, he's calling for he's it. You, I can see it. Yeah. yeah, he's firing it no matter what. But I have complete trust. Like, I'll give him the ball. He'll hit it. So, I mean, being a great teammate to me, that's, that's a huge thing I try to put into my game. And then that just leads out into life, too, also for me. I told somebody this the other day when I told him that you were coming on. I said that um, – he said it would be nice if Sam could have won Mr. Basketball as well. And I said, yeah, but I think that if I ask him, he would be happier that A, this team won a state championship, right? They got to experience all of that together. And he would rather be remembered as a great teammate than Mr. Basketball. 
Is yeah. that fair? Yeah, I've had I've had a bunch of people like just tell me like you should have won, like I wish you won, and like I'm grateful for that. But then again, a hundred ten out of ten times, I'd much rather win a ring with the people on my team and win be state champions because yeah. that's everything that we can all yeah. say in the future. Like w- together, we won a state tournament. Like and we won state. The little things that happen within your group during this this whole year and during that run, those are the things that you will hold on to forever, forever and yeah. you'll remember forever. It's just not like, you know, hey, you remember when Sam threw that guy shot into the bleachers and we won state? No, it'll be, remember this story or remember this part? Yeah. But if you're the teammate that no one wants to be around, you don't get those experiences. Yeah, 100%. Right? Cameron, I'm gonna flip this to you. You know, football, and I mentioned this before, football, like in basketball, you know, both sports, everyone needs to do their job for the team to succeed. You know, they're like they're the ultimate team sports when it comes to that. Especially in football, yeah. Absolutely, 100%. You know, when you think about the teammates that you have had, if you've had, you know, three really good groups of, of teammates as well, especially your mm-hmm. first year starting quarterback, oh, yeah. that senior class. They made it easy for me. Absolutely. You just sat in a rocking chair. Yep. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, and you held the ball too long. Yeah, I'm, just no, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You know, I, and I'm gonna put it the same way I put it to Sam. Is it is it for you having you know one Mister Football? Um, is it more important for you to remembered be remembered as a great teammate who showed up every day regardless and put in the work than and, and did his job and he did his job well? Is it more important for you to be remembered in that way? Well, yeah, definitely because <clears throat> I feel like. You have to do that. You have to be a great teammate and put in the work in order to get the recognition of Mr. Football and everything like that. So it's definitely, obviously, you're with your friends, too. It's like, those are my boys. I'm going to take care of them. I'm going to lead. I'm going to be a leader for them. So every day I practice, it was just 110%. You know, Coach Rash preaches just like. And that's not a program that you can go over there and oh, give half yeah, effort. You, even if I wanted to, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I couldn't. Like, it's, it doesn't every, matter if you're the star. It doesn't matter if you're the star or the last Or the last 75th kid. player. Yeah, I mean, he, he works all of us, and everybody's in. You know, he gets all of us together. We're all like, we just feed into what he says and listen to him. And, I mean, what he teaches me about leadership and just when you're getting knocked down, when you're losing, that's when you got to be the biggest leader and you got to take over. So he really taught me that. But yeah, I mean, being a good teammate is, I mean, that's like all I care about because I know that if you're that, good things are going to happen either way. So I'm going to jump in here and say that you guys said all the right things. And I would expect nothing less from two kids who were state champions and the leaders of their team. I'm going to go ahead and make this a tease. At some point in this podcast, I'm going to tell you how unhappy I am that Sam didn't win Mr. Basketball. Okay. And I'm going to tell you the reasons why. I don't think we should do that now. Maybe that should be for the end. That's fine. Because I have a... A uh, final thought from Joe Daniel. Yeah, an analogy that I, I want to throw out yeah. here. Of why I There think are a lot of variables to that whole thing. And before you got here, we, were, we, we talked a little bit about that. And, you know, not spoiling anything. It was just yeah. a conversation. Yeah. And, you know, I had asked, was he upset? And again, literally, this is the first conversation we've ever had. And I asked if, you know, were you upset that you didn't win Mr. Basketball? He literally, without even hesitating, was like, no, hmm. not at all. And I'm glad with what we were able to do as a team. Those were his words. Those weren't my words. And this, look, nothing was turned on. It was just us sitting here waiting for you to get here in a snowstorm <laughs> with your kids, you know, 
just hanging out. See, that's when the good stuff happens. Yes. There should be a podcast of what the, happens before the podcast. I don't know and that's if I when can, Steve's yeah. raw. Some of these episodes, I don't, or, or after. after. Yeah, some of the after ones. Yeah, those would be the big hitters, but I don't know. I don't know how long we would uh, survive on that one. You know, we made it a good, what, 25 minutes into this podcast, and these guys, we haven't addressed the fact that these guys. You guys are boys, man. You, you guys known each other a long time, correct? Oh, yeah. oh, and, and I'm sure this is going to come out throughout the conversation. I was literally going there. That's good. Yeah. You're good. But it's, but it's interesting to me because I, I think I was, and this is funny because my job, a lot of times on Friday nights when I'm sharing the high school clips that we show on the news, I'm typically looking up high school Twitter handles and looking for you guys so I can share it. You guys can share it with family members, with friends, and have a good time with it. And I think I came across one of your Twitters that had highlights from i think middle school when you guys played football together am, am i accurate did you guys play football freshman, together freshman, freshman. Yeah. Freshman so freshman yeah. Yeah. quarterback yeah. wide receiver I to him yep. every time i mean this was, was like it was a duo. montana was and rice yeah. man so so yeah. tell me about that what was it like playing football together and uh do you miss the fact that you guys are no longer teammates oh uh, i mean yeah i miss <clears throat> i miss playing at highlands just because i mean i grew up with all them those are my boys forever and I mean, he although he was like probably five six. I was I was freshman year. He was tiny, probably like one thirty. Like we were all like. way bigger, but I mean, he was still a good ass receiver. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> you should hear the stuff he hey, says. We're good. Right. He was still a, good. He was a good receiver, and I would. I mean, we me and him had Sam, the connection. You have to apologize to your parents. <laughs> but yeah, I miss it for sure. It was an awesome. Yeah, year, it was so. definitely like we just had like. I think this was our first year being on the same team for football. We played against each other in eighth grade, and we just had a connection. And, I mean, I, t I tell them all the time. I'm like, after you left, like, I quit after sophomore year, and that was a big thing because I, I wanted him as my quarterback because he gave me the ball every single time, basically. But I, I love playing alongside him, and, I mean, we've been just playing sports. Oh, yeah, game time? Game time. we played on AU since second, third grade? Something like Trevor Probably. Barth. You know who Trevor Barth is? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, so yep. he was our coach, and – he groomed us. The stuff the stuff we did, like, when we were little, looking back on it, it's like, wow, like, that's great. But going through that, it was terrible. Yeah, at the time, as, when you're a time, kid, it's like, this yeah. sucks. But but it made us thankful for him, yeah, for sure. Thankful, 100%. That's so different than, at least my high school experience, maybe yours as well might have been different, because kids who went to different schools, we didn't interact much. I think social media has changed that. Certainly mm -hmm. cell phones, the way you can you know, contact each other through. Or when kids would leave, they were the enemy. Yeah, you didn't that speak happened. To them anymore. Yeah, that, that, that happened. happened. Yeah, he was, yeah. he was that for happened. a little bit. Not to me, I, I was cool with it, because I knew his decision, Just but like, not, to some not, of the boys, yeah. yeah, for a little bit, he was. Because I wasn't allowed to tell him that I was leaving. So he had to, he had to, so I had to give wait a little lie Because my dad. Sure. Yeah. He was like, keep it under wraps. I was like, but that's your business. Yeah. yeah it's and that's all, what yeah, I said his. when when it when it happened. You did what you felt was best for you. And, yeah. I just and your dad yeah. did what and your parents had to, did what they felt was best for you. And look how it worked out. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. It just is what it is. Yeah. But, oh yeah. So so a couple of follow ups then. Uh, the first being, what was your favorite play? Did you guys have a favorite play together from freshman year? Uh, when you probably played the, football together, probably the sticks route, oh, like yeah. a fifteen-yard comeback. I Freshman, would, he kids would call that play. That. He would call that play probably oh, every time. Every so single time. Uh, dude, I've called most of the plays. <laughs> he, <did. laughs> he, he, would, he would like give me a little look. I would like, get the call from our head coach, and I'd go to the huddle was and be coach like, "Be the coach then." No, it no, was Dowling. Coach Dowling. Okay. Beheimer left, I think, 
Or he, I was just curious. He moved a couple years ago, but because yeah, he listens to some of the shows. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you're a tiny five six. And well, I was at, probably a little taller. Little than taller than I was. I was little. I was not like what I am today. So, but look at you now. Yeah. You know, size, yeah. speed, athleticism. Do you ever wonder, like, man, if I would have stuck with football, oh, if I would have played with with him yeah. for a while, what I would have been all as a receiver the, all the time? I mean, I honestly, for a little bit, I thought about coming back this year, senior year, but like, it would not benefit me at all. So I didn't want to, but just. It's just fun. Like, I loved playing football. I hated the practice, but the games, I loved the games. <laughs> My other follow-up then being, how much did you guys follow each other from a distance in high school? And look, I, I'm sure you guys text, you guys oh, yeah, Snapchat. Every whatever. weekend. Yeah, yeah. So hang out they together. They drove here together today. Yeah. <laughs> perfect, perfect. So you guys obviously kept track of what the yeah. other one was doing oh, yeah, um, sure. through whatever means it is on your phone. Did you guys have a particular favorite moment from the other whether it be cams was that the two-point conversion whether it be you you know that dunk down at holmes or the windmill was there a particular play that the other did that you guys texted each other about or called each other about that you saw from afar that you thought was his best moment um this i don't think this was his best moment but it was a play i remember he retweeted something i don't know who was playing maybe ncc at ncc and like he made this one dude just absolutely it's fall exactly like that. look silly and i tweeted like i tweeted back at him i tweeted i was like i said something weird like this yeah. kid has a family like you got to chill out <laughs> and that was that was one that just stood out to me that was the picture that i was telling you about yeah. that i had used that he had gotten what about for you uh especially during the state tournament when all the highlights were everywhere yeah, on Twitter. obviously i mean the state tournament's crazy and not just him just seeing all my boys because mm -hmm. like all of them are like mm -hmm. family to me still because i still live in fort thomas but i mean all his success is crazy to see him from a freshman go to where he is now it's just like it's awesome because that's it's like we're all brothers so like we all want to see each other do good yeah but every, I mean, all the dunks this kid was doing in warm-ups and just all the time, it's just awesome to see that the hard work that he puts in pays off. And it really does. I mean, if you grind and you really put your mind to it, I mean, thing, good things happen. So. so someone who played with Will Downton, okay? So I, I proclaimed if the Tri-State had a dunk contest throughout the whole season, I was saying Downton because I saw that kid in warm-ups once, and I said, this is the best show in Northern Kentucky. Yeah, he's, he's going pregame and watching that kid dunk. It's unbelievable. He's got crazy bounce. Crazy bounce. Crazy. He's got, like, surprising length, yeah. too. But as the season went on, I started saying, now, wait a minute. What, what Sam's doing with, with these dunks and the creativity – and, and look, pregame dunks are one thing. In-game dunks are a completely different yeah. thing. So and dunking on people. Dunking oh. on people, <laughs> over people, around people, whatever. That'd be a show. That would be a show. Be a so, show. so you're the judge here. You know Will's your boy. Oh, I don't know. Sam's your boy. We're putting know. these two in a gym together to have a dunk contest for the Northern Kentucky crown. Who you taking? Well, the difference between them is Will has one foot bounce. Mm -hmm. He's yeah. got two foot bounce. Yeah. So like you can do different dunks off of it. But, I mean, he can do 360, windmill. I mean, down can go between the legs. Like, I don't know. I'd, we'd have to get a bunch of judges to see. I mean, it'd be a, a good show. I'd pay a lot of money to see that. But. Sounds like a made-for-TV event on Fox 19, man. <laughs> it does. So what was it like when y'all went out there and played this year and then they beat you? Uh, they came to us this year. Is that what it was? Yeah, they oh, came man. to us. I locked them up. Did you guard each other? No, I guarded he guarded me, and like, he had two fouls in two minutes. But, like... <laughs> I remember just the very first play of the game, like he's face guarding me and we're already like talking. It's just, it, I can't like him we guarding, him guarding me makes me laugh. We like, just laugh. Cause he's, I don't know, but 
them. I don't know how they. We should have beat them. Well, 100%. you didn't. Yeah, that was the well, last game you lost, though. Yeah, I was, it was on two twelve. Yeah, I told coach. That's what two twelve no, means. That's no, not two twelve. No, two twelve no, 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 no. is 212, the. You it's it. the boiling point of water, water. and like Kevin's it, the, I don't know how long it's been in yeah, the. Yeah, the scientist. Kevin's a smart guy. Yeah, I don't scientist. know how long it's been in the program, but like we always break it down like two twelve, turn it up. Yeah, and we lost on two twelve, and that was the last time we lost this year. I mean, that's storybook, man. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I was telling him that you guys had come here after losing to St. Henry, down at a half, and then came back and won the game by twenty five, and then you went twenty seven and one after that. Yeah, and the only loss was to Beach Beachwood. to Beachwood. I thought that was at Beachwood. That's my fault there, but yeah, it was at Island. So it's fun to compete against each other. Yeah, yeah. But there's nothing wrong with being. We have kids that play with. That's the other thing about AAU too. With yeah. the way AAU is now, we got guys that play yeah. against other people, and then you know you'll look out in the game and you're ready to like. Ah, scream and yell and get crazy and they're out there smiling laughing i'm like what what <laughs> like when when we were kids it was like you know kill or be killed yes it yeah. was the hunter mm-hmm. versus the hunted oh yeah we still we still <laughs> battled but <laughs> it's just like we know each other like we're just gonna laugh and have fun <laughs> talk a little smack i want to get you guys opinions on this because we've talked a little bit about the beachwood and, and highlands you know both are communities that are really close-knit and very supportive you know, the old saying, big fish, small pond, right? You know, you know, moving into the college sports environment mm-hmm. you know, where you're going to almost be starting over on the totem pole and having to prove yourself again um, and then earn the respect of an entirely different group of people. Um, to Sam, despite your excitement to just get to Northern, be a part of what is going on there because there's been a lot of excitement there. Oh, yeah. And I do want to talk about Northern, but... Is there anything that makes you anxious about the challenge or the grind that's coming your way? Um, I definitely get a little nervous thinking mm-hmm. about it. Like, I haven't met any of the guys yet because I wasn't allowed on official visits or anything. Isaiah Mason, the freshman coming in from Bowling Green, I haven't met him yet, but we talk all the time. We're rooming together. But just going out there, it is a little nerve-wracking just because I don't know him yet. But I'm sure when I get there, like, we'll all be close and cool and – I mean, I'm ready to get to work. We start June 7th. I go out there June 7th. I love it. Yep. Do you live? Will you live on campus? Yeah. Move in June Come 7th. On. Uh, start summer school. Come on. Start workouts five days a week. So, you're gonna love it. Yeah. You're gonna love it there, Cameron. I, I got a different angle for you when it comes to this. This just the next level, right? Yeah. You know, being a quarterback, and I mentioned this before, it's the one position that has all eyes on it at the beginning of the play. Everybody's always watching the quarterback too. Everybody talks about the quarterback. It's it is a it is a stressful position because you've got to know so many different things. Is it fair to say that part of the reason that you work the way you do, and I want to talk about we talked a little bit about the the offseason stuff, and but I want to get back to that. Is that something that you think will make the transition easier? Just your work ethic and your determination and just your diligence to be the best version of yourself will help you transition to the next level and improve yourself to coaches and future teammates? Yeah, I think so because, I mean, as much work as you put in, you just get more comfortable along the way with what you do. So the more work I put in, the better I feel in front of like coaches and my other teammates. So that's, that's also another reason why I try to work as hard as I can just to get better and be able to be confident at the right time and be able to you know, make the throws that I need to and have a clear mind. I'm not thinking about anything. So, 
But, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty nervous about it. But I know, I mean, that's how pretty much everyone is going to be nervous. Sure. But it's um, natural. Yeah, I'm excited. And it's okay to be human. I said it before. It's okay to be vulnerable about things. Yeah, it, I mean. It, we are human. I like that feeling. I like being nervous because it kind of helps me, mm-hmm. you know, make a decision and kind of work harder and just be better. And that's so. something that will stay with you forever. And I wrote down here, um, does having to prove yourself over again, does that give you worry? And you pretty much answered that with, with where you are. But in life as you go forward new job or a new relationship or a new friendship you always you're always having to prove yourself to certain things and you get to a level you know like uh, let's talk about like i've known cameron since he was probably three years old from officiating football his dad was a coach his older two brothers were players and he used to run around um the fields and but during that 20-year career it was not i did not walk out and everybody's like, uh, hey, well, there's Steve Frommeyer. I'm glad he's here. No, it was what? Who is this? Why is this kid? Because I was young. I looked younger than both of you guys. Um, and it took time. But then there was a day all of a sudden, and you guys are kind of in that right now, where you would walk out and it was like, oh, man, I'm glad you're here today. Yeah. Where it's like, hey, I'm glad he's on my team. Oh, Sam will take care of it or, or Cam's going to do work today. You know, didn't matter what it was. Uh, because for coaches – you know, I mean, you lived with a coach forever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're putting the entire week into that one game. And the one variable that it cannot control, well, I guess there's two, how kids are going to react to certain things. And then obviously officiating is always a part of that. With If you can deduct that from the equation as soon as you walk out there and you see who's there, that's a big relief to a coach. And mm-hmm. I can speak from that personally. Like, oh, okay, we'll be in good hands tonight. I can completely focus on something else. Um, but you know, proving yourself, I think it's, it is, is a worthy thing, you know, and I think, you know, one of the best adversaries we have in life is proving ourselves to other people and earning respect. Yeah. So, so you got on the show. I don't think it ever changes. Yeah. I don't think it changes if you're an athlete or whatever, whatever you're doing in, in, in your career when you get older. Um, I'm sure you feel the same way as, as a coach and, you know, part of your job is performing and, and, and yeah. competing and that comes with it, the natural, um, you know, hand in hand of proving yourself. But what, what I do for a living, you know, I, I don't know if someone's watching for the first time, you know, I don't know if, if you guys feel like that when you're playing, someone could be watching you for the first time that never changes the, the idea of proving yourself. And if I ever lose that edge, that that's when I know I'm losing the passion I have for what I do. If you ever lose the nerves for what you do, you know, see, I don't agree with that. See, I I do though. I think that's important. People always ask me all the time. Do you, do you still get nervous doing what you do? And I, I don't, I don't think it's nerves. Um, I I do feel like if there's an important story or important event and and I'm on that, I, I want to make sure I do it right. I want to make sure I do it right by the person that I'm featuring. When I did the feature on Sam, I wanted to make sure I did it right for him gave me the time to, to come over there and, and share a little bit about himself. I wanted to make sure I did that right. And, and that goes for anybody I do a story on or any event that I cover. And so, yeah, I, I still feel that uh, drive to prove I, myself. I, I still part. feel yeah, the nerves a little part. bit. Even I've been doing this for 20 years. And if I ever lose that, I think I might have lost my edge. See, I've, it's more for me. It's, there's a, it's like a piece. I have a piece with what we do and we before games jeremy and i i look at jeremy and i say how you feel about tonight and you know he say i feel good or eh, i don't know or i'm a little nervous and 
some of the best nights are when I say I'm indifferent. I feel indifferent about this. Like it could go either way. I'm, I'm cool. Now the games usually I'm pretty nervous about. Those are the ones that don't end well where, you know, like as players, do you get nervous for every game or do you get excited or are you ever confident? I want to say like nervous, but like butterflies sometimes, Mm -hmm. especially the big games, but. I mean, I think that's good, but as soon as you st- as soon as I step on the court, all of that's gone. Yes, all you're just playing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's. I feel like sometimes it's good to be nervous, but like you said, I'm mostly at peace. I try not to show any emotion before the game. I don't really talk to anybody. I just focus on what I got to do because I know if I get in that mode, I'll be able to just do whatever I want and just really be successful. That's Have there ever been games where you've been a quarterback where you allowed nerves to – overcome your ability to be a, a really good player um because you know it's yeah. probably happened to a lot of people yeah freshman year not not at all just because we were all freshmen sure but sophomore year when i had to start playing the varsity guys and the, the bigger teams like Cuffcath, i definitely got nervous but it never really affected how i played because when you're playing the adrenaline's going and you're not thinking about anything. You're just trying to make a play and just, yeah. like, I'm not thinking about anything. I just, sometimes I black out and just make a play, and I'm like, uh, I guess that just happened. But, you know, I mean, just, I don't know. That's it. I mean, is there not just confidence yeah. that you're going to oh, go out and do work? Confidence is yeah. a big thing. Yeah. I've definitely, like he said, my sophomore year, I'm getting, I get pretty nervous before games too. But, I mean, the more you played, the more experience you got, the more confident you got and your abilities and stuff. And, I mean, I'm just – I'm always confident in myself now going out there. I know that when I step on the court, I feel like I'm going to be the best player on the court. So yeah. I know what my, I'm capable of, and that's what sure. I'm going to do. And I think that confidence comes from work. It does. I mean, you guys talk about, you know, you work with preparation. You work with Tony Pike. You work mm-hmm. with Jordan Nevels. Yep. When, when you guys have that much time invested into what you do – you have to be confident in yourself. Look, I've, I've done everything I can to prepare myself for this moment. Now it's time to go eat mm-hmm. kind yeah. of thing is, is how I would feel about yeah, it. And, and that's how I feel about what I do for a living, that, that when I walk out there, I'm as prepared as I can be. And whatever happens, happens. You know, I, you know, I might be on YouTube within an hour by yeah. saying something stupid. I don't know. And yeah. I don't know what's going to happen because it's live, just like your event. Uh, you, never, you can't predict what's going to happen. But I think the preparation... And, and I, I, th- I would hope so that when you guys go out on the court or on the field, that your preparation's in the back of your mind and gives you confidence that I've done everything I can to be ready for this moment. Yeah, and it's like, I prepared this much. I worked so hard. I'm not going to let this game get out, get away from me. I'm not going to let it happen because I, I worked so hard. I want to show that my work is paid off and stuff. So. I think for kids, most nerves come from the anticipation of waiting for the game. Yeah. Because they're in school all day and it's on their mind. So like football, you have the one game a week mm. and you've prepared, prepared, prepared. So now it's just, it's all swimming through your head. Yeah, you're hoping like to God. You got that, one shot. Yes. And yeah, you're hoping that it all lines up where in basketball, you, you play 30 games or whatever it is that you all ended up playing this year. You have more opportunities for that. But, and, and the game goes so quick. Basketball mm-hmm. just happens really quick. And sometimes yeah. you have to take a step back. And I, I think it's the anticipation more than anything else when it comes to nerves. And, I, and I'm glad you mentioned, so you mentioned something about Tony Pike. And I talked to him a little bit before we went on. So obviously, you know, one of the common themes with the last year has been, um, obviously with the COVID and stuff like that, but with the time off from school, and not being able to hang out and do other things. You know, I said that it, for me, I felt as a coach that they were able to use that time 
to focus on their individual craft. They were able to both work on their bodies. Would you think that's right? For sure. It was a blessing having that time period. I mean, I I gave credit to that, just that time where we we were able to work out and do things, not having to worry about anything else, except for if we were going to play or not during the season. But uh, it definitely was awesome just having that and being able to train and just focus on that. I feel like that made me a lot better um, for this season. So, And it, would you say that's fair to say that – I think it's fair to say at least that that work for you individually helped your team with your role have the success that they had this year? Yeah, for sure. Um, just the guys uh, – and all of our seniors worked really hard – but I just played quarterback, so I had to get my own training. And when they would always sit, tell me, like, you work out so much and all this stuff. And it kind of, I feel like it motivated them because they wanted to be successful too and they want to work hard too and they want to win state mm-hmm. and all this stuff. So it really just lined up throughout the whole year. And everybody on in the whole Beachwood football program just works their ta- tails off every day. So And Sam, the same thing. I mean, I think Coach had mentioned that Working with Jordan, you were able to transform your body just to be much stronger, and which yeah. I'm sure correlated into quickness and just your overall athleticism. Yeah. Which, in turn, by you doing your job and the role that you played with your team, elevated your team's, you know, play and the success that you had. I'm not saying like, oh, Sam Vincent's the reason for whatever. That's not what yeah. I'm trying to say, but just yeah. like doing your part on that, you know, and having put in the work it helps your team with the overall success. Yeah, uh, like kind of what Herx was saying, when we when we went into the lockdown where it was just, you had two months or whatever it was, you had nothing to do except, so all I do, work out, play basketball, play video games. That's mm-hmm. all I did. And I mean, that helped me because hours on hours, you just have all this time to train and work out. And then once that kind of lifted, I went to Jordan and we went one-on-one type stuff. And he put on, I think before the season, he put on like, good 15 pounds before the season started for me and that just transformed me into just going through the lane being able to take contact more and like you said quickness all that came along with that so it really helped me seeing you in january when you guys came here as opposed to last year and i told kevin listerman this i was like what what happened with this kid like whatever he's on, I didn't know. Just give it to me and let me know what's happening. Yeah, he, he completely different. He got me right. He sent me all this nutrition stuff, mm-hmm. nutrition meals. So you, you got to fuel your body right. Absolutely. And, all that. and then just the stuff I did with him, I've never done that in my life. The intensity that he put me through and stuff. There was times where like we'd be a leg day and we'd be doing this stuff and like I would almost want to cry because it would hurt so bad. But as soon as that's done, we're done for the day. It felt so good like mm-hmm. to just know that you did that. And yes. Yeah. And the thing about Jordan is that being a college athlete, mm-hmm. he understands what it takes. And look, man, we, we have talked a bunch about this. Yes, they may have been D2 back then, but listen, those guys were dogs. Yeah. And that was a special time. Yeah. with the Northern Kentucky basketball program and the things and the attention that they brought to, you know, NKU and this area, that arena is out there because of the success that that group of guys had yeah. and the success the, the women's team had had. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can thank them at some point <laughs> as you see them, right, yeah. for yeah. this glorious building. But, you know, you mentioned that we talked a little bit about failure before, and that's the same thing. Like, I wanted to cry. 
Like, yeah. like yeah. I was you literally, my up. body yeah. was, well, I wanted yeah. to give up, yeah. you know, but you're pushing through mm -hmm. and you're grinding through. You got on that show? Yeah, well, I, I think the observation I had for both of these guys throughout the year was, and, um, you know, and, and talking to your coaches as well, I, I bounced this off them, was I, I think it's a great thing, you can speak to this as a coach, when your best players are your hardest workers. Yes. I, I think that that transforms a team. And I, th I think what, what Cam said about his teammates seeing how hard he was working, and like, man, I, I got to keep up. That elevates everybody, and and that's such a difference maker for a team, especially now you look back on it when you both won state championships in your respective sports. But I always had so much respect when the best player on the team isn't just the hardest worker, is the hardest playing player. Mm -hmm. And and I noticed that about both of you guys uh, throughout the year, and I think that's a, a hat tip to both of you that, that you guys both played the game with that much passion, that much energy, and that much effort. And I think that's a talent. I, I, you know, it's a talent and it's, it's a skill that can be developed uh, as you get older. And look, you both guys know that you're very good at your sports and that you take them seriously because they can help you get to other places. And uh, but I, I think that's just innately in people that, and that makes you different. And I think that made your teams different as the season went on. So I think that's a hat tip to you guys. Uh, my question to you is, is somebody who, you know, played high school sports more than 20 years ago. And, and I want to say I'm still bothered by it. But I still think about it, especially when I when I'm hanging out with my high school friends, and I still do to this this day. Look, we we I was a runner, and we were number one in the state uh, my senior year, and we didn't win. We finished second, and you know I don't want to say it still bothers me. You know I'm not like Uncle Rico sitting on my front porch <laughs> saying I would have won state kind of yeah. thing. But you know we we could have won. We yeah. we should have won. Um, but you guys did it. You guys you guys did it, and you won state. And I'm curious to ask you this, and you know you're going on to the victory tour right now all mm -hmm. over the schools, and you guys yeah. had the parade. What's the best part about being a state champion? Because you guys both have the unique perspective of winning state in your sport. Cam, it's been a few months. Sam, it's only been a few weeks. But even you know, years later, I, I still wonder what it would have been like to celebrate that and have that for the rest of your life. We were that close. We, we didn't do it. Um, we still think we should have. Um, and we still wonder what it would have been like. But you guys have experienced yeah. it now for at least a little bit. What's the best part about being uh, a state champ? For me, it's like doing it with your guys, and that's one of the best things that possible. Like these are your guys forever, and you're gonna live on forever like that. And also, just like when we got back, just like seeing the community, like the difference we made, and how proud they are. Like that's something that's gonna stick with us forever. Mm -hmm. For me, honestly, it really hasn't hit me yet. It oh, just, same, same. just the, really, yeah, just the fact that we won is kind of it's still crazy to me. And I don't really have any feelings about it other than it's obviously awesome to be like in the moment with your boys, just want just first two A state title in Beachwood history. It's just it's surreal, but honestly, it's just like I never felt satisfied or I never felt like we did it. It kind of just felt like, okay, we we've done this. Like, what's next? Like, for me, that's how I felt, and I, it's just like a natural feeling. Like, I wish I felt a lot happier about it although i'm happy it's just like i'm just ready to do more and like have more success well you also went straight into basketball too so yeah, that, that didn't take a time yeah that too you know but i'm sitting here thinking like the last the last couple games especially the playoff run you guys had very similar to the postseason run that highlands had and the six the individual successes that sam had they, they tie right in you know, I was able to go to the semifinal game, which was unbelievable. Come out. That was a fun game. Yes. Come out. It's game. very, 
you're, you you jump on top, and then they score twenty eight unanswered points, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, you know, you got to come in, and it was the Heisman moment, right? That's yeah. what Joe had called it, and it was the Mister Football moment. I'll, I'll take care of it, and you know, I was down there filming for him, and all of a sudden, you went off of the screen. I didn't know where the hell you went, and all of a sudden, I see this dart coming out, and and, and I think it was yeah. Brady, Brady, yeah, Brady Moore, yeah, caught yeah. the ball in the back of the end zone, and I was like, ah, you know, just because I wanted the North, I like the North Kentucky teams to do well, yeah. So, uh, and the same thing for Sam, you know, every time you turned on the, you know, the Twitter machine and there's Sam swatting somebody or, you know, dunking things and, you know, it, it, for me, one, there, there are two things I have. Two, two hometown kids, well, hometown for you guys. You're both former teammates, former classmates, you know, a Mr. Football, um, you know, a Max Preps player of the year, both state champions, you know, just the, you know, who would have thought all those years ago? I mean, this, we haven't seen stuff like that since I would say Smith Lorenzen from the Highlands, you know, the late 90s, Smith Lorenzen, the same class. It's incredible. That's just a great story. And, you know, those are things that you guys will be able to talk about. Now, Cam, you weren't on the ESPN Top 10. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. <laughs> How was that? You were? Yeah. That yeah. Was, that was Off awesome. the backboard at State. Yeah. Oh, Dunk. man. Yeah. Bro, where have you been? Well, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you where I've been. I was at every one of their games, yeah, I and I was up against deadline because you guys played late oh, for a lot of the games. And so I, game was late, yeah. yeah, and you guys were up by like fifteen or twenty in the second half. It seemed almost in every game. So I was like, well, I'm going to go start editing. And then I hear this war, and I'm like, you got to be kidding! Me, <laughs> Do you find a way to save it so you can watch it? Your yeah, future self I, can watch it. Oh, I have it on my phone, but I was we were com- we were coming back to the hotel after dinner. And uh, our AD, Mr. Caldwell, told me, he pulled me aside. He was like, you're going to be on Sports Center tonight. Check it out. I had no idea what time it was going to be on or anything. So I threw on the TV in the hotel. A couple of the guys were in there. We had it on at 11. It ended up airing at like 1230. So we were watching it for an hour and a half straight. <laughs> and I guess all of the parents at the hotel were still down in the lobby watching it. So as soon as it went, you could hear all of them go crazy and stuff. And I mean, that's what we watched as a kid. Yeah, Sports Center yeah. Top 10. So it's, it's just, it's crazy. Let's go into something real fast. We you got had to. I'm sorry, Sam. You had the opportunity last summer, whereas like Cameron couldn't do any traveling for their, their camps. Mm-hmm. Where you were able to play yeah. AAU, right? Yeah. And then what what was it like for you, knowing you were going on, going into this year that you had been working for forever, and all of a sudden, hey man, you're not going to be able to do the camps or get your name. What is that? What was that like mentally for you? Was that tough? Uh, it was definitely tough at first just because my whole dream is to play college, get a scholarship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, but, I mean, honestly, it made me play better. Just not having that opportunity just kind of made me mad and just in the right way. It just made me just want to show even more what I can do on the field and not just at some camp. So I was like, well, I got to show them now because I can't show them in person at a camp, so I got to really play well. But, I mean, yeah, it kind of it sucked, but I feel like this season went the way it did because of that, a little bit. But I don't know what more you could have proved, Yeah, to be honest I mean, with you. I, That's where I'm at. And we covered every single game that you guys had. Well, yeah, most of the – I mean, I don't really know for sure. College coaches say what they say, but most of them told me just because of COVID, we can't offer you a scholarship because of transfers or... uh, They probably don't know what's going on yet. Giving them an extra year. You know, they had that extra year last year, the option to take it. But they would all be like, Mr. Kentucky, you know, I feel like you would have way more offers than this. And this was like pretty big schools. 
and I was just like, yeah, so I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do. And they would offer me walk-ons and say, you know, you can walk on here and we'll, we'll get you a scholarship like we want you and all this stuff. But it just it kind of uh, sucked just like playing how I felt like I played my best and not being able to get those opportunities. But it also just uh, it's what I live for, like yeah. not having that. It makes me work harder. Does it make you feel did it make you feel defeated or deflated at all? during uh, the whole deal? Well, at first, a little bit. I thought about it. And as I thought, I was like making it making or feeling deflated is only going to make things worse. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to get better. So I was like, well, the only other option is to go the opposite way and work harder and, you know, prove it to them. It's like we said before, coming off of the two losses, you played incredible games. And then after the last loss, it just escalated. Mm-hmm. You, know, you just continue to take it to another level. But then again, there's that also that early, because of all the weirdness of the football, football was the worst, obviously, mm-hmm. in my opinion, because if you can't hand a football off to somebody in the preseason yeah. or throw the ball to somebody, there's no timing, there's no pace, there's yep. no tempo, and there's no, uh, what's the, I don't even, coordination or just timing. You're in sync, timing. timing. That's, it. That's it. There's none of that. And so the offenses were so bad. And I was looking at your numbers before I went on today and, and, and looking at, and I, when I'm looking at quarterbacks, the first thing I always look at is just the completion percentage. Because I think that's more, most important, just to see what it is. It doesn't to me. It doesn't matter if you've thrown for four hundred, three for four hundred yards or five hundred yards and six touchdowns. He's completed seventeen to twenty. He didn't have any interceptions. He threw a touchdown. They won. Who cares? Hooray! We win. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Efficiency for quarterbacks. I think. I mean, they talk about that in the NFL, right, Joe? Mm-hmm. They got a stat for it. Yeah. QBR. The Q. Yeah. So for me personally, and I just don't, you know, I can understand why as these things would be going where that would be frustrating for you. And, you know, like the common thing, that's why I asked mentally, because the common theme that I've heard for the last year since everything started was like, you know, how people have struggled with their mental health over it. Mm -hmm. Because it's just like, you know, I'll I'll go to you, Sam. Like you mentioned before, you know, all I did was I went and I worked out, shot basketball, played video games. You know, at some point, you almost feel like crawling around the walls. Like, what, yeah, like what is happening? Day over and over. Yeah, again. it was Groundhog's Day literally every yeah. day. Yeah. And there was so much unknown about what was going to happen. And then the, with the fall kids, the unknown just, it was exacerbated by all the COVID stuff. And then the, the, the border control meetings. Oh, my God, the border control mm-hmm. meeting is this week. Yeah. I'm hearing this. I'm hearing that. Yeah. And then as a 17-year-old kid, you're wondering, really, what is going on? And then that parlayed into, into the same thing for the basketball kids. Yeah. There were two border control meetings. And then mm-hmm. the second one, the final one, you know, we get this next shutdown. And it's yeah. like, bro, are we ever really going to start? Yeah. And – I don't know. I mean, we we can say whatever we want about it. It worked out. We got full seasons in. Yep. You know, I think the football. And I'm going to use your guys' team for for an example. I think we missed two games. But and that's where I was going. The RPI. Yeah. So I think that coaches use the RPI as a weapon. They weaponized the RPI. And we had talked a little bit about this before. Whereas, hey, man, if we don't play this week, our RPI is going to stay the same. Yeah. And this team's probably going to lose to that team and we'll get to host. Yep. And then you guys, you would think that schools thought you were the Packers 
or the Patriots. Nobody would schedule Nobody us. would play. No. And you're sending it out and sending it out and sending it out, yeah. and you can't get anything. Yep. You know, and in basketball, I don't know. Did you guys run into any situations, Sam, where it was hard for you to get, hard for you to get games when uh, they had a cancellation? I think there was only one. We had to cancel against NCC because they had – they had a they case with protocol. COVID. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we tried to get a game. That game was a Saturday. We tried to get a game that Saturday, and uh, we couldn't get one. The only thing was Bowling Green, mm-hmm. which was we had we would have to go down there, and Coach wasn't trying to go down there because <laughs> yeah, we, just, I think that I we would, just were on a road trip. Too. I think that I would pass. And I would have passed on that Another too. one was at the end, towards the end of the year, we were supposed to play Oldham County again. Yeah. They were in COVID protocol, but it was simple to pick up a game then, but yeah, that we, really, we really didn't have like too much trouble. That happened with us. So last summer, did it help you, Sam, knowing that you had offers in the bag? Did it, did that help you mentally go forth and look at, um, cause you picked up, how many offers did you pick up last year? I had during your junior year before, uh, like before summer AU, I had three, three, three. Did any of that like kind of take some pressure off of you? With hey, uh, we're really still in quarantine. I don't know what's going to happen, but guess what? Ohio's letting us play AAU, or Indiana's letting yeah, us play you AAU. You have to go over the river to play. Yeah, and did any did that help you moving on? Yeah, it did. I mean, because I knew like in the back pocket, I I have offers behind yeah. me, so I know I have choices already. But uh, you're not going to be satisfied. I need. I was trying to you know just play the best I could and be the best I can. But it definitely did help me in the long run. Can we talk about Northern for a second? Yeah. Before we go yeah. back to Cameron, because I want to tell Cameron stories. In a minute. <laughs> and not Cameron Mullet stories, just Cameron stories. Um, on several several of the shows that we have done, I've, and this goes back to October, mm-hmm. that I've said, you know, NKU you got to steal yeah. with this. And I, and I say that complimentary. And again, we've just met today, but yeah. I don't know what's happening out there. But, um, and the people out there, they're going to love you. They're going to fall in love with you. They're very passionate about, mm-hmm. you know, the basketball and everything yeah. else. For you, how important is it when you were making a decision to stay home, was it about staying home so your family and your friends could watch you play? Um, was it because Northern is Northern and it's D1? Was it anything like one that? Of, one of them was staying home because I wanted people to be come out and watch me. I know like some people say like they don't want that, they want to get away and stuff, mm-hmm. but for me, I was fine with that. I wanted that. But one of the biggest reasons was the coaching staff. They were, they were the first to offer me. And so I had a relationship with them before COVID even started. So I already knew them. And then throughout the whole COVID, I would talk to them. They would talk to me a lot. So I had the most time with them to get to know them. And I knew them the best already. And it's just, their coaching staff is great. I, I, like, I love every one of them. And they were, that staying home, those were two huge reasons. And the success they've been having. Yeah. Yeah. So those were my top three reasons why I chose that Does one. the little boy Sam, who lives in grown Sam now, <laughs> think about playing the NCAA tournament and just. Oh, all the time all the time get really excited yeah yeah it's it's like that's what we watch when we're kids exactly the big dance and yeah to be be able to go there and just have an opportunity to go do that it, it's a dream you know i've known i knew drew mcdonald when he was a young kid mm-hmm. and just watched him grow up and then to see how yeah. things escalated for him to the point yeah. of being able to live that yeah, they was incredible in the, yeah. yeah and i saw him at a camp i worked a camp on a day and uh he was a guest speaker and, he, and a guest coach for that day. Just getting a chance to sit here and chat with him. Because, I mean, again, his mom was my teacher. I yeah. used to play alumni basketball against his dad at Northern. So it, it was pretty cool to to see that. And Northern's a great place. Yeah. I think you're going to love it, Yeah, honestly. Yeah, I, think, yeah, I, I wish they had football. 
and then we can <laughs> well, that's like the perfect place to be for you like literally we grew up right by it yeah. like we know everything we know around it we pass it like every day yeah. mm -hmm. that's like sick and i'm glad you said that you had that you know we're able to get a relationship with the coaches and feel more comfortable you know speaking on that cam you know lots of student athletes they enjoy a special relationship with coaches right well so, some probably don't sadly mm -hmm. but they do but um you spent the last few years with your uncle greg who is uh, is he the quarterback coach as well yeah offensive coordinator and quarterback coach so Okay, so you basically you spend the majority of your time working directly with him. Yeah. You know, even though you share blood with him, you know, he coached you pretty hard. Yeah. You know, there sure. was no, he didn't pull punches, right? No. Um, but he if fought. If anything, your, he did the opposite. Yeah, he fought your corner, though. What he fought you? your, he, he had your back. Oh, yeah. yeah he okay. fought your corner. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, he, yeah. he was out there beating the drum for you, mm. even when some didn't not yeah. like some coaches but yeah. writers or whatever else you know so looking on that and you said some of the things haven't sunk in but i know that that relationship now has been forged to be special probably forever whereas before he was just uncle greg who yeah. was probably you know he was a meathead and tried to like beat me up and yeah, give me I headlocks mean, and stuff all the family events he was just <laughs> the funniest dude there like he would just talk yeah. and, and just now you guys get to have up. that yeah thing where you guys were able to do something together mm -hmm. and to have that uncle nephew relationship like that was strange like that was yeah. it's not as common uh -huh. you know and now that tyson i think tyson was a freshman this year uh he is a freshman this freshman year, yeah. yeah so did he he was out yeah. ball boying for games yep. you know it's just something you guys will have what's that like for you i mean i never when i was little just like because uh at family events i mean we would always just be uh just a family and then like, as I came to Beachwood, I never thought, like, I would get to Beachwood and be able to play for him. And when I did, it just – I got to know him, just him and Tyson just way closer because they lived uh, kind of far away. But, I mean, it was just awesome just yeah. getting to, like, my dad's brother. Like, I look up to my dad so much. And the fact that his brother is coaching me at high school is just unbelievable. It's an awesome experience for me, you know. He coaches me hard, and also he'll – hype me up and tell me that like i'm doing good but at the same time he'll be hard on me so it's it's a good relationship for sure and i, I just look up to him so much because yeah. he's a beachwood legend and you know he was getting recruited a lot in high school and he went on to play uh in college and i've always looked up to him ever since i was little you know he was jacked he used to be <laughs> jacked before and i would always be like like that's my uncle. So your dad's not. You're trying to no. say your dad's got the beer gut. And yeah, the, yeah. Okay. My dad's got the beer belly going, but he, he was, <laughs> he's got better hair though. Your dad's he's got that going for him. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but it's just awesome. Just like as soon as my dad told me, "Do you want to go play for your uncle at Beachwood?" Because he didn't force me. Nobody forced me. He kind of just brought it up to me, and I was like, "Well, obviously, like that that'd be the best thing I could do." just have a family member coaching you and someone that you can trust and get to yeah. know. Like, it was I hate awesome. to tell you this, bro, but the last couple of years I officiated and your cousin, Brian, who played at Simon, <laughs> yeah. I used to call Greg and be like, um, if you don't find a way to get Brian and then Cameron over there, you're stupid. Uh, my brother Austin was about to go to Beachwood too. That's his, one of his regrets. Yeah. Not really because he loves highlands and stuff but sure. at the same time he, he thought 
uh, it would have been cool to play for him. Well, see, so. Brandon got to experience the kind of that last yeah. of the Highlands <laughs> yeah. dominance. Like, I don't want to be mean about it, but no, it's, yeah, just, it, it's it, a it, fact. It was. Oh, it's yeah. a fact. You know, but, yeah. Those last Dale Mueller years and yep. was some fun times. Yeah. I mean, as being a little kid, growing up and watching like Patrick Tolles. Yeah. Play, so I, good. Yeah, dude. Uh, loved Patrick Tolles. I loved going to those games. So I've got some rapid fire before my final thought on Sam here. Just, just a couple <laughs> rapid fire things because they have some fun here. Yes. Okay, I want to ask about your coaches and uh, just this the personalities a little bit. Uh, let me start with Kevin's face shield. <laughs> See, you're laughing already. Yeah, his wife, his wife made that for him. Yeah, he told me about that. Yep. So um, I, I know about the process of why he made it, how he made it. Uh, what was your reaction the first time you saw oh, it? Oh, the first time we saw it, everyone laughed at him. Everyone laughed. Everyone on the team laughed. But I mean, honestly, you could hear him a lot better, like throughout, because it wasn't talking into a mask, like it was projecting almost. But then, like when he gets hot and sweaty, you know, it all fogs up, gets all foggy. So it's it's funny, but I mean, it was pretty. It was a pretty cool invention, I guess. It was. You know, he invented it himself with his wife, uh, which was a good idea. Uh, do people ask you about it all the time? Oh yeah, they're yeah. like they're always say like, "What's coach got on?" They'll have like because DWC takes the pictures and stuff and. He always makes like a funny caption for it, and everyone's like the news all the time, like yeah. making fun of it or just asking what it is. Yeah. And but yeah, they would pass pictures of it around the newsroom at Fox 19 and ask Joe, <laughs> "What is this?" It shows up in a text chain of mine because I went to high school with Kevin. You did, uh, yeah. So yeah. he was a senior when I was a freshman. So it shows up every now and then um, amongst guys <laughs> that were a little bit older who are sharing the picture of him in it. Yeah. But hey, man, they should put that thing in the trophy case right next <laughs> to the state right championship trophy. Uh, for you, I don't know if you were. At Beachwood, this might have been before you were there. Um, and the Noel Rash like pregame speeches are just amazing. Yeah. A, a few times a year, we'll go in there with a the camera. Couldn't do it this year because of COVID, and just capture those moments <clears> or grace. It was a playoff game. They were on the road, and I don't know if this is going to ring a bell again. It might be before you were there, where he was making this big speech about just get me on the field, get me out of here, and they go to oh, raise this garage, garage door. door. Yeah, in the garage door, he makes this great speech. They're ready to run out, and the garage door goes. And stops like <laughs> one foot off the ground, and like they can't get out. Yeah, that was Were you the, there for that? That was the year before I okay. got there. But you but know about I it. I saw the video. I heard all about it. it seemed pretty funny. But. It was pretty awesome. What's your favorite Noel Rash speech moment? <sighs> I mean, uh, every time he talks, it's like everyone listens. He hypes like it's. He knows what to say. Like if I feel like I don't know how he does it. Like everything he does just like clicks yeah. in my head. And like, I don't know, he's had some, him and Greg, Greg gets, he, he hypes us up. He gets emotional and like, he gets, he, well, he turns like the incredible hawk. It's personal. Yeah, because yeah. he's a Beachwood guy. Yeah, he makes it personal when he talks to us and it's yeah. awesome. I mean, like when he's saying, hey man, you all got a couple weeks left in your yeah. careers and your lives. We could be state champions. Don't go out and party. It's Halloween weekend. Hey, Greg. Everybody's out partying. <laughs> what? Yeah. Bro, I was in, almost in tears talking to these kids, and they're out partying. Yeah. I don't know what to say. Yeah. Okay, so my final question for you guys is, okay, so the snapshot. Both of your state championship runs were a little bit different because it felt like every game you guys played, you guys just caught fire and you won yeah. by double digits. You guys, the state semifinal game, took a an unbelievable play, your Heisman moment to get it done, and then you had the overtime blocked extra yeah. point to win it. So you guys went out and... I don't want to say cruise, but you, you kind of yeah. did. Yeah. You guys had to sweat these things out a little bit. Oh, so yeah. they were different, mm -hmm. but you're both state champs. So 
I ask you in 20 years when you tell the stories to your kids, your friends, what's the snapshot you remember, the one moment you remember from your state championship experiences? Because you got to play in great venues. Yeah. You're playing at UK. You're playing in Rupp Arena. And these, these moments that you guys have thought about for a long time and they happen, I can see the wheels turning in your heads. And it might still be too fresh to have that snapshot, but is there a moment a a play something somebody said that you remember vividly from your state championship experience um i mean the first play of the state championship is really when i was like we're here like we made it because i think it was like a long pass or something and he fumbled and we picked it back up and we were on like the 10 but um honestly the play that i'm always going to remember is when lca was on probably the 20 yard line and they run like a, I think like um, a screen to the, like a, uh, I don't know. It was like some bubble and our guy picked it off and ran it back. And I was on my knees that whole time praying to God, like we need something to happen, like praying to everything, anything I could think of. And I wasn't looking and I, I look up and he's running down the other way. And I was like, holy crap, like that just happened. And that's when I was like, all right, it's time. So that's probably the thing I'll remember the most. Sam. Um, I think mine's a little different because we were we won by a margin of average nineteen and a half points. So like we really weren't at a close game that often. But uh, one of the things that I remember, especially from down there, was after after my dunk because I did it right in front of our student section, just like looking up because I looked up at them and I yelled at them, and I mean just seeing everyone like all the high, every Highlands person there is all right there, family like parents and all the students and just seeing all of them go nuts that was like it's like a wow moment like yeah. crazy and, and that snapshot will forever be with you i mean when you get older and, and you know and, and you start to run together a little bit it's those snapshots that mm -hmm. really just kind of weed themselves out and they, they, they stay everything yeah. else might be forgotten but just that kind of moment right there is that the moment right that's there that's it i was gonna say i have a picture of it that i got that i stole from the internet so how really long cool. does it take for you guys to like start yeah, remembering that, that stuff like that because yeah. i feel like hmm. I w i've been through it i wanted to use it been through the high school thing i don't feel like snapshots like that stay with me right now it for me it really started to click because i went away for college you know I, i'm from here went to high school here and then went away to college and then uh you, you meet new people and they ask you about your experiences and you start telling them your stories a little yeah. bit and and then when you get out of college and you get older and you start to grow a little bit far, further away from your high school friends because you get married you have kids and you're you're going all over doing these things and then you reconnect when you start to get a little more time when they get a little bit older and then you start retelling those stories and and a lot of times they'll jog your memory yeah. something you forgot yeah. oh i can't remember did that happen or did yeah. am, am i wrong am i right <laughs> in remembering that and that's when it happens i think is when you start to get a little bit older and get further away from it mm -hmm. It's like the 20,000 foot view helps you then focus back on just those yeah. small moments that you'll remember, kind of yeah. like Sam looking up and seeing the crowd. Yeah. But I think just give it a few years. And it can um, be triggered by so many things. Anything. A conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we kind of we kind of do that like with game time. Like, oh, yeah. We, we think about do. like old game time stuff. Yeah. I still remember. That's the AAU team. Yeah, AAU team. Yeah, AAU team. Like, same thing. We were, think about I remember that. the other day, I don't know if I was talking to you or Luke, but when we beat the Bulls for the first time. <laughs> I and remember that. So the Bulls, like they were like, 
rivals back it then. It was like, Will Down Will and Dalton's all the Beachwood kids and, when we were little. We, we, they we were our hated rivals. them, and they like yeah. they beat us like three times in a row, and they'd always do this clap like after they beat us. So we beat them for the first time, and I still remember like we did the clap back at them. <laughs> yeah, we were like fifth, <laughs> clap we were, like, fifth <laughs> grade. We thought we were, so were getting cool. into it. it oh yeah. Awesome. yeah, I'm starting to experience that because my kids yeah. are now in fourth and sixth grade, and yeah. I'm starting to yeah. see natural rivals form even at this age you yeah. know kids that play against each other and uh the games can get kind of heated man there's nothing that brings out the craziness of people like a rivalry doesn't oh, matter oh. like you say the aau we had a district seed baseball game here yesterday and there was a there was a big call that went against campbell county incorrectly too and all hell broke loose I mean, I thought the coach was going to get taken out in handcuffs. He was—he just went nuclear, right? Yeah. And the people, it was unbelievable. But it's just something about that. Mm-hmm. And when I was coaching freshmen, every time we played Highlands at Highlands, mm-hmm. literally I had to take the team out the back door because the parents <laughs> were about to fight each other. It was bad. Oh, I'm telling you. always get into it's it. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I can't explain it. And, and it I, was different this year with COVID because yes. yeah. the parents could hear each other more. Because they yeah. used to be on like opposite yeah. sides. Opposite sides and their students the to side. drown it out and some bands. That wasn't here. And now the Everybody parents could it. hear everything. And I, I actually like, had a parent call be. me to apologize because something was said. And then she started jawing across. And then they started jawing back and forth. And I was like, I'm cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what, but I was like, what? I didn't even realize it. And then I saw it on the on the YouTube feedback yeah. or the playback. And I was like, oh, delete yeah. that video. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Uh, final question for me before my final thought would be, you guys have played so many games, uh, so many sports, and have won so much. Is there a game that you point to and say, that was the best game of my life? Ooh. Like best game? Performance-wise, or like favorite, you can label it any way you want. If there's one game, someone's going to say you can watch that back in 50 years. You can watch one game, one game over. What would it be? Uh, I'd pick my favorite game ever, and it was uh, my sophomore year against Covcath at home. We beat them for the first time, and I don't know how long, but the place was absolutely packed, shoulder to shoulder. And then when the buzzer went off, the students stormed the court, and we had a big speaker out there playing and. It was that's my favorite game, yeah. and I always we watched that the other day. Actually, we were sitting with a couple of the boys, and at night one time we just threw it on, and just watched it. So that's probably my favorite game ever. I would say um, probably the West Carter game. Just I don't know, such but, an awesome yeah, the environment. It, it was crazy. I think of the atmosphere too, because yeah. it had been COVID fandom mm-hmm. all year long. Yeah, and that was the first time that I had been to any kind of event. Yeah, there were a lot of people. It was uh, crazy. Standing around COVID there. was over, and COVID West never Carter. happened. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything over. about West Carter. Oh, that, no, I'm just saying. No, we're not speaking. No, we're not. We're, we're not, not doing that. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. We love West Carter. We love them. Yeah, we got into in trouble. We got in some trouble. Really? The head coach was like tweeting at me. Uh-oh. Yeah, um, <laughs> to my like personal Twitter account. Anyway, um, it was COVID was over on that night. Like, there was a great atmosphere. Yeah, kind of yeah. like the you know regional tournament. Yeah, it was gone. Like you, and it was all, like that for our regional tournament yeah. at Mason County. You walk out and it was like, uh, first what's happening? time all year playing in front yeah. of people. And when you're selling all those tickets, it's, you're so excited. And yeah, things like that. Can yeah. I tell a Cam Hergert story first? Of course you can. All right, so the, I'd say the first Cam Hergett conversation we ever had, and, it, and he was young. I would probably say he was four. Was, we're at Camel four? County Middle School. Yeah, it was a long time ago, maybe yeah. five. Okay. Camel County Middle School, and then you could tell your story about the coin. All right. Camel County Middle School, um, his dad had just got done coaching his brother Austin's game, and we were watching 
uh, we were getting ready. To, Brandon was getting ready to play his oldest brother, Brandon, and Cameron was just happened to bound up and run up and stand next to Kevin. And I was like, "Hey, what's up, buddy?" <laughs> Nothing. And he was like, "It was like he had baby teeth missing." So, what age is that? Five, six, what's something like that? I was a shy kid too. Yes. And I said, "Who's your dad?" <laughs> and he said, oh, "He is." And I looked at I looked at Cameron, I looked at Kevin, and I looked back and I said, Are "You sure?" <laughs> when Cameron was a little kid, oh yeah, he I was so about dark skinned. He still is uh, worse, yeah, like I'm very sure. like he had been in a he'd been in a pool all day every day. He had lived there. He was just so dark skinned, and Kevin is not. Like Brandon, you could say Brandon. Brandon and Taylor. Yeah, and Taylor. Yes, and then Austin and and Cameron. And even though I knew. Anyway, so (laughs) I said that. Are you sure? And I look up at Kevin because Cameron looked at me like I couldn't tell if he was going to cry or if he was like, uh, what? Like, are you joking? People would give me like crap about that all the time. And I'd be like. Well, I didn't know. This is probably (laughs) the first time we ever had a conversation. And Kevin was doubled over, like trying not to swallow water and trying to spit it out or like a dip or something. It was like a combination of both. (laughs) Like he was laughing, right? So Cameron runs off. We call the next game and then I leave. Nothing and everything. So Grandma Herget, one of my favorite people, right? Just Just the queen of a woman. Well, I was living in Fort Wright and I'd always shopped at the Fort Mitchell Kroger. Oh, and she, she was, was there the queen of every Fort Mitchell Kroger, right? <laughs> and part of one of the stores that's on my route is this store. So one morning, the next like two days, I'm in there and I'm stocking the pizza. And all of a sudden I hear, hey. And I turn around and it was Grandma Hergit. Well, <laughs> what I didn't realize is that Cameron had run from our conversation up the hill at the middle school to the platform to tell his mom and his grandma what I just said. And she attacked me. Grandma Hergit was slapping me. How could you tell that baby, that baby that, oh, and I was laughing. I was like body laughing, laughing so hard. I mean, I wish I could, I wish I had a video of it. And she was laughing too. She'd do it, but she was still like, how'd you do that? Like, uh, Grandma Hergit was protective. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, I miss her. Very, oh, yeah. Yeah. Lo- amazing. Yeah. And not, and, and, uh, you know, your dad and your uncle, they don't, they don't act like it. Her. Act like you know, mm-hmm. Grandpa Hargan. Yeah. <laughs> so she's amazing, yeah. right? Awesome, but yeah, I made up for it though, didn't I, Cam? Yeah, I made uh, up for it. Oh yeah, I'll tell the story about the coin. So I think I was—I don't know who we were playing, but it was the Red Devils game. I was like probably fifth grade, and uh, I had known you just because of my dad mm-hmm. and just being a ball boy for my dad. And I always saw you flipping the coin and stuff. That he was you, mesmerized by it. The coin tossed. Because it was not like a normal coin. It was like a big, yeah, was fat, big, big yeah. Yeah. solid. Official coin. Yeah, Yeah. so um, I'd never – I was always a quarterback, so I, fi- I got a chance to be the kicker turner. And you were the ref standing by me before we were getting ready. And uh, I was like, I don't think I said anything, but I think you knew I liked the coin or something. Because mm-hmm. he would stare at it. Yeah, and I think you were like, you like this or something? And I was like, yeah, can I have it? And you were like – if you return this kick right now, I'll give it to you. So I and I scored and I returned it and then I think you gave it to me, and, and I'm I still have it yeah. at my house today. Like I know where it is. Kevin so. said he took that coin home like it was gold from Fort Knox and he hid it in a secret spot where he hides everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a great story. It I was is excited. Great. That's yeah. cool. But it's you know what? That's the interaction though. But that in with referees 
you know, so many, so many guys, look, when you're out there all day long and, you know, those were long days and you're in the sun, yeah. you're in the heat. Mills Road. The Mills Road games yeah. all day, eight hours, and you don't want to be there and you don't want to interact with people. <clears throat> I mean, that's, that's not my personality. Yeah. I would rather just interact because it helps the day go by. And yeah. then obviously being the son and the, and the nephew of two guys that I had known for so long and that I had respect for, um, you know, it just makes it a little bit better. Though. Yeah. Uh, I remember that like it was yesterday. Like I can picture it in my head so it was cool you're welcome yeah. <laughs> but i had to make up for it so your grandma didn't beat me up you got anything else joe yeah i guess my final thought time final thought on mr basketball in kentucky okay ben johnson won right yeah hey Correct. lexington catholic lexington catholic phenomenal player very good player what a great player i, I saw him play a couple times as a junior i didn't see him play his senior year uh strong kid really can shoot it uh great score uh, good program. I, I was very impressed watching him play. Very, very deserved of the award. Um, but this is this, this to me analogizes to what I'm watching in the NBA right now. Where I, I believe Nikola Jokic is probably going to win the MVP of the, mm-hmm. of the NBA. He's having a phenomenal year. It's like 28, 11, and eight. Great numbers. There is no player in the NBA who is more entertaining, who uh, moves the needle more than Steph Curry. And Steph Curry is putting on these performances right now. It's it's performance art watching him play. Everybody's pointing at my Jack's ten year old yeah. state shirt on. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's all loved up on Steph Curry as he should be at that age, man. Yes. I mean that that guy has made basketball uh, appointment watching television. But when my my point being that when Steph Curry performs and uh, when he goes out and plays, I have friends who don't watch the NBA. I have friends who don't like Steph Curry who text me about it. Like, are you watching this? Are you are you seeing this? I'm out of my chair watching this. There's nothing Jokic does that gets you out of your chair. He just puts up great numbers, and and I'm I'm not equating that to Ben Johnson. You know, I I can't speak to how well he played or how much style he played with. But but this kid sitting across the table from us right here, not not only did he put up big numbers, not only was he the team leader, not only did he lead his team to a state championship. And I know voting is before the state tournament, correct? A lot of it is, yes. The performance art he played with, the the moments, and, and, and Cam, you had your, your huge moments against Wes Carter, and I said, that's it, Mr. Football, it's over. That's his Heisman moment. The moments you had, the performance art you played with, the style you played with, to me, that's what made you Mr. Basketball in Kentucky. That's why I was upset, surprised, uh, and disappointed that Sam didn't win Mr. Basketball in Kentucky. I know you don't care, mm-hmm. and, and you you know that's the right attitude to have. Um, but history does care, and, and those awards mean things to people, and they mean things to schools, and they mean things to regions, to northern Kentucky, and Steve and I being from this area and, and loving the high school sports and following it for a long time, that matters uh, to this area. Uh, but just when you would do stuff on Friday nights, it was – it was trending locally on Twitter. Yeah. People were texting me about it. People were sending me pictures, sending me videos. Your coach would call me and tell me, another triple-double. Oh, and he had two windmills, you know? I'm like, this is different. That was performing. That was basketball art. It wasn't just results. It was style. That matters to me. That's why I think Steph Curry should be the MVP of the NBA. That's why I think Sam Vinson should have been Mr. Basketball in Kentucky. That's it. And I understand. Yeah. You got anything about that, Sam? That peony of praise. Thank you. <laughs> <That's all> I <laughs> He's so yeah, you're right, and that's the right thing to say. Yeah. And yeah. it shouldn't matter to you. It, mm-hmm. it shouldn't. 
Um, but it should matter to people around you. And, yeah. and I'm sure there are plenty of people around you that, that you're not going to tell us about that are upset you didn't win. Yeah. And this has nothing to do with Ben Johnson. He, he deserved the award, and yeah. he's, he's a great player, and he's going to go on and do great things, uh, whatever level he plays. Uh, but for me, um, you know, that mattered to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it matters to the region. Uh, that award matters. And um, I think they got it wrong. I'll I'll say that. I think they got it wrong because I think what you did on Friday nights, not just numbers-wise, not just winning-wise, but performing, Mm -hmm. that to me is what made you unique, made you different, um, and should have made you Mr. Basketball. Yeah. Jack, should Sam have won Mr. Basketball? Um. If I see him do a windmill, yes. Whoa. <laughs> so is that... Okay. Can you do that on demand? Can you do that on demand? Jack, so I heard Maybe a not, rumor honestly. that you want know. to start a podcast now since you came on last time. Come in here. Don't be afraid. Yes. You want to? What do you want to talk about? Anything. Do you want Sam and Cameron to be guests for you? No. Well, okay. Wow. <laughs> you know what's funny is I was just telling Cameron before you guys got here that you are leading your baseball team and batting average at 455 i am yeah and these guys led their this is like the leading scorer in the state and best quarterback in the state best football player in the state so you guys have something in common you could probably have them on and be like listen i'm 10 you know you're in high school how did you guys get to that and do that what do you think about that good yeah are you on the skyline uh yes what are you gonna get there uh, i don't know you don't know I All think right. the name of the podcast should be Listen, I'm 10. Listen, I'm 10. That's a great that name of a podcast. You could have a YouTube one and everything else. You could, do it, you could do the whole deal. All right, you can go. He just wants to fly your drones, man. That's it. Hey, where are you going to come fly drones? I told your dad that one day you have to come out and I'll bring the drones and you and Luke can fly them around. Next week. No, uh, well, <laughs> if it's the weather's nice. It's on now, man. <laughs> well, guys, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. I know we ran a little longer than I was expecting to, but you guys oh. did really good. Thanks. Thank Thanks for having us. We're yeah. real excited for all the things you guys have done. You represented Northern Kentucky with class, and you did it the right way. So Cameron Herget, Beachwood quarterback, Sam Vinson, shot blocker, Highlands <laughs> basketball. For Joe Daneman, Steve Frommeyer, Jeremy Ziegler, we'll see you guys next time.